Amen. Right on. We close this up in this series called Different. In the last couple of weeks, we've just looked at the way that God created us and uses us and even the structures about which he accomplishes his will and his ways. It's just different. It's different than what we think. It's different than the ways of the world. The first week we looked at the fact that uh, it's different the way that we get to live because we have the advantage of God and the Holy Spirit and the ways of God. And we have God, our creator, who's working on our behalf and he's moving. The scripture says the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Lord, meaning you have God going before you and working things out ahead of you. We have the advantage. We also looked at how God does things different. And so uh, the way that he works isn't always the way that we think it's going to be. And so we've been just spending time in this series devoting to this idea that it's okay that it's different. It's okay that it's not how we can think or predict or the way that the world does it. And so I want to wrap up today uh, just letting you know and kind of looking at this idea that... uh, we're different. Like just the, the God created us different in one specific way. I'm going to show you here, but God created you different. And one of the ways uh, that he created you different is this idea uh, that you have the ability to choose. You're not an animal. You have a will. You get the ability to choose and make decisions. God didn't create you a robot. Amen. And, and so we hear a lot about like, well, God created you with a will and you can make bad decisions. And then, you know, and some of us are like, I wish I didn't have a will because I always make the wrong choice. But it's actually to your advantage that you have the ability to make decisions and create and dream and believe that God wants to progress you and, and move you forward. Amen. Uh, there's a great book uh, has a little bit to do with today, but if you pick up the book, none of this is really in it, but there's a great book that I was brushing up on uh, that I want you to think about. It's by a pastor named Bill Johnson, and it's called Dreaming with God. Dreaming with God. It's a great book, and just think of that concept. The creator of heaven and earth, the one who put everything in place, calls us to be somebody who gets to dream and be and plan and trust that he has more for us. We're not just in this stuck old religion where you just go through the motions and the story's already been told and we got the book called the Bible and it's all over. No, we we get to dream with God and be with God and see God do more. Amen. Uh, I love that the book of Acts, and this is for everybody. The book of Acts says in the last days, God will empty himself, that he'll pour out his spirit, says on young men and women, and it says that they will see visions and they'll prophesy, but then it says even the old men will what? Dream dreams. They'll dream with God. They'll believe for more. They'll take more ground. Uh, One of my pastor friends, it's kind of one of our jokes, he calls and he said, what's going on in Zealand? What's God up to? Are you taking ground? You know, because back in church day, that was like what you would say is like, oh, we went into the enemy's camp and we took ground, you know, but there's a truth to that. You weren't created to go through emotion. You've heard me say before, neutral is not natural to God. He didn't put us here on earth to just be in cruise control. God wants us operating in his kingdom out here taking ground pushing back the gates of hell, shining a light in darkness. Amen. It's something we should be excited about and passionate about. Amen. So God, we, we, we're different because we have this ability to believe things that though they're, they're not, they can be. So some people are like, oh, I don't dream me with God. I don't know about this concept. I believe uh, that, that there's predestination. I don't have all the time to get into that today. But what I can get into today is I believe that God does give you the ability to call things not as though they were and see them be. I know that he instructs us to pray and see things change. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so it is possible for us to dream with God and be passionate about the thing and see God move on our behalf for his glory. 
I thought about even the way that he structured and, and, and set up the beginning. So Genesis, the Garden of Eden, you see in the very beginning, God's plan for us was to be dreamers and creators. And, and, and so we know this, that God said you're to be imitators. We're called to be imitators of God. Well, if God is a creator, then what are we called to be? Creators, dreamers, people who are passionate, who believe that things that aren't can be. And you see it right in Genesis. God created everything and he said it's good and he put it all in place. But then he says to Adam, hey, see these animals? Name them. What is he saying? Continue this thing. Expand. Like, I'm not saying we're more than God or we're, we can do more than God, but God is calling us. What did he say about the garden? He said, hey, here's the garden. I'm going to put you in it. Now what? Tend to it. Keep it. Advance it. Keep this thing moving. He didn't say be in the garden and watch it rot. Someday it's going to be gone. He's like, no, keep this thing. Work with me on this. Why do you think the scripture said that in the cool of the day, they walked and they talked and they were with God? Why? Because he wants us to be dreamers with him, talking about how things go forward. What makes us different is that we can do things, see things, speak things into existence with God. And you look at what I was just even mentioning. You know, he literally, there's this principle in God called faith. It's believing that something can be that isn't yet because God wants us to not just be stuck in this neutral. I thought about even today's Palm Sunday and they were so excited because the Messiah is coming and we're shouting Hosanna and all that was coming with Jesus. There's all of this excitement. Why? Because the exciting thing is that there's what? More. There's more coming. We don't have to just stay stuck and be in the same old. We're excited because God is doing more and we can dream with him and be with him and believe for more with him. Amen. Amen. And that's not just heaven. So many people get saved and come to church and say, okay, now I get to go to heaven. I'm going to sit around till the clock runs out. No, God said, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. But really what he's also saying is I came to give you life and give it to you better. And I'm going to show you how to do it here and now. Like we're not just waiting for the clock to run out on earth. We get to dream with God and be with God and create with God and make a better world here and now. Amen. So better is coming. You heard me say neutral is not natural to God. He doesn't like that cruise control, that go through the motions. That's why the scripture says, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Just don't be something stuck in the middle. Uh, you heard me say last week, we go from faith to faith. You don't just, God calls you to something and then you're obedient to him. And when you are obedient and you see God's victory, you go, oh, look, I did one faith thing. Look at this faith badge. No, we're called from faith to faith. We keep growing and advancing and moving forward. Amen. Amen. Glory to glory. We keep taking ground and progressing in the kingdom of God that moves forward. Uh, it's a benefit that we get to be different. You know, I heard in the basketball games over the tournament over the weekend, they're, you know, they're saying, hey, this team over here, it's going to do this, and it has this success, and it has this over here, because they, they're different. There's like this betterness about them, because the way that they do this is different, and it's hard to stop. I hope that can be said about us as, man, look at those people. They're committed to God. They're surrendered to Him. They just do it so much different. Look at the benefit. They can't be stopped. Amen. And I believe this. I believe that it can be a part of our life that we can dream with God and pray with God and, and receive from God advancements for his kingdom. Amen. So we got to be, we're created to dream with God and trust God and be led by God. The scripture says, and we hear it all the time at an altar call, we hear things like tomorrow is promised to no man. So tomorrow is promised to no man. We better get right with the Lord today and you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. 
But the truth is, it's the same thing in our dreams and in our passions. Tomorrow is promised to no man. We need to maximize in advance and do all that we can with our today. If we can't be cruise control, just sit back and come what may and see what happens. No, tomorrow's promise to no man. We have to dream in advance with God. Maybe that's why the scripture said the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. There's plenty of people to reach and heal and love and make a difference. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Could we maybe spin it and say it like this today, that the dreamers there, the plan makers, the advance takers, the laborers, they're not dreaming with God. They're not creating with God. Therefore, they're not stepping in and harvesting. Amen. Let's dream and advance and believe. Amen. That's why the scripture says without vision, people perish. Could we say it like without a dream, without a vision, without a passion for what God has, we, we cease to exist. I thought about you could say it like this. You won't last without a vision or you won't last without dreaming with God, without a place to go, without a vision to get to, without a dream to go after people perish. That's why Lamentations 1.9, and I'm going to paraphrase, uh, again, Pastor Bill Johnson does a great job talking about this, but he says this, that the scripture here says that her uncleanness, she had uncleanness in her skirts, there she did not consider her destiny, therefore her collapse was awesome. There was uncleanness in her skirt. She did not consider her destiny. Therefore, her collapse was awesome. The thing that caused her collapse to be awesome was not the sin in her life. It was the fact that she didn't live a life considering her destiny, considering that God had something for her, that he wanted to dream with her, that he had something for her. Amen. Remember, it's young, young women, young men, and then it's also old people dreaming dreams. Amen. This is all of us. We all are in a place where we consider the move that God is doing in our life. Because the truth is, if sin just walked up to us and said, hi, I'm sin, I'm here to ruin your life, you wouldn't be like, all right, come on in, I'm going to let you ruin my life. It's because we don't have our eyes on the thing that we're supposed to have our eyes on. The reason God calls us to vision and dreaming with him and having a passion for something is because when your eyes are on the right thing, it's easy to say no to the wrong thing. Her collapse was great because she didn't have something to consider that God was calling her to. Amen. And so it's why it's not okay to just go through the motions at home and just play church and pretend that, that we got to have our eyes and be dreaming with God or our collapse will be great. Our promises of God need to be bigger than the pressure of the world so that we can overcome the world. God gives you a vision, not so you can plan, but so to make you unsatisfied with where you are. Think about this. God gives you these visions and these passions and these purposes so that you don't stay stuck where you are. He gives you these visions so you can look at it and say, I've got to get from here to there. And you pursue a process of going forward. God's design is always to take you from where you are to more. Glory to glory. Amen. Anything short or unrelated to your destiny should make you feel unsatisfied or look unattractive. Anything that comes into your life, you got that dream, that passion, that vision, anything that doesn't line up with that should be pretty easy for you to look at and say, that's unattractive, that's not going to happen, that's not going to be a part of me, because that's the most important part. Yeah. Dreaming with God. Committing ourselves wholly to all that God has for us. We're not called to just run out the clock, as you heard me say. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he didn't hang on the cross and say, hey, it's, it's over, I'm old. He said, it's finished. I've accomplished all that God has put in my life. I've finished the race. I've, I've done my purpose. All that God put me here to do, I've done. It's now finished. 
Why? Because he knew his purpose. He knew the destiny. He knew what his prize was. Even Paul said, I've finished the course. I've run the race. He said, I've, I've poured myself out like a drink offering, meaning I've emptied all that I have into all that God has put in front of me. I've left nothing else back. It's all about been what God has put into my life. Amen. We categorize too much, you know, we, we, we just go, we go, well, like, oh, you know, God has called me to this, and I'll take, like, a part of it, and I'll put it into this, instead of putting it in the front of it, dreaming with God, believing all that he has for us. Our dreams with God are so important. I'm going to read you a story. You don't have to turn there. The whole story kind of goes over, like, six or seven uh, chapters. But I want to read you this out of Genesis 42. It's the story of Joseph, and I'm actually going to kind of set up the story. Most of you know it, but for those of you that don't, uh, Joseph... He's in a family, uh, and he's got a bunch of brothers, and how um, you know, he, his dad, who's pleased with him, uh, gives him this coat, this coat of many colors, and uh, so there's this extravagant gift that's been given to him, and he's pleased with him, and how um, you know, the story goes that they go out to the field, and his brothers are jealous of him, but before uh, they get jealous of him, uh, they call him a dreamer. They say, oh, here comes Joseph. Uh, we're not mad that he's got Armani. What makes us mad about him is that he's a dreamer. They said, here comes the dreamer. He had the future in his eyes. So the story goes that they make this plan. They think that they're going to kill him. And they say, hey, we can kill him. We can throw him in this hole. And then, uh, you know, we're going to tell dad that he got killed by wolves. And uh, so all this whole plan. And then they actually decide to sell him uh, to the Ishmaelites. So they're like, hey, let's, instead of killing him, let's just make some money off him. And it's a good plan, I guess. And so, no, not a good plan. No, okay. You guys are like awkwardly unsure about how to react. So, so, so they make this decision and, and they're like, hey, so they sell him off. And the problem here is the reason they get upset about his dream, the dreamer, is because he tells them, hey, I've had this dream that there's going to come a day where it's like you're bowing down to me. And so he has this high dream that then cost him everything. He gets sold into this slavery. And then in that time, He's sold out, you know, he goes through the, the butler, he goes false imprisonment, all these false accusations, this terrible process to what we're about to pick up here, this time where his dream uh, comes into existence. So chapter six, it says, now Joseph was governor over the land and it was he who sold to all the people of the land and Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. And he said to them, where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Then Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them. He remembered the dream that he dreamed about them. Uh, I want to say it like this. Your dreams have to be bigger than your memories. Your dreams in your life have to be bigger than your memories. Because what I would have done here, what you would have done here, what most of us would have done here, is when that past walked up to them, when that history represented itself to them, we all would have remembered the negative memories. We would have remembered being sold out. We would have remembered being talked about. We would have remembered the thing of the past when it was important for his destiny in that moment to remember the thing of the future, the dream that God gave him, the thing that God spoke to him. Our dreams have to be bigger than our memories. He didn't remember the way he was lied about and thrown in the pit and left for dead. I thought about in our lives, how many of us, we have a dream, a call, a purpose is put on us. 
and something happens, somebody else gets promoted, somebody else lies about you, somebody talks bad about you, somebody else happens, and instead of staying focused on the thing God called you to, you stay focused on the thing that happened to you. We do it all the time, and we abort the thing that's in front of us by spending so much time with the thing that happened behind us. There are two types of people in life, that it is people and the it shall be people. It is people always just talk about what it is. Well, cancer's always running our family. Well, our family's always been broke. Well, we've always been this. It's just what it is. It is what it is. It's just what we are. It's always going to be like this. Or there's the it shall be. The people who take what's not yet and they call it what it shall be. Somebody say amen. Uh, I'm going to just, it's not on my notes, but I throw it out there. I believe it was Zechariah when the angel came and spoke to him. He said, how can this be? Is it, this isn't possible. How could this be? And he was muted. But when the angel came to Mary, she said, how shall this be? And it spoke to being a person of a shall be and not an it is. Amen. We can't be these people who just always say what it is. It takes no faith. It's not impressive. I'm not impressed when people show up on the scene and, and tell me what's obvious. Oh, this is what it is, and it is what it is. Oh, can you see that? And negative and negative and negative. You want to get God's attention? You want to get my attention? Be a person who shows up and speaks to what it can be. Amen? We got news outlets and blogs and all these people just spewing what it is. Let's start speaking and believing what it can be and what it shall be. Amen? So it shall be people. And this is what's happening here. It's not, I'm going to focus on what it is. I'm going to react because I'm going to believe what it can be, what it shall be. And so the shall be people are what we're looking for. So what got Joseph in trouble with the haters is that he had the future in his eyes. The enemy hates it when we walk and live and be a people with future in our eyes, believing that God can take what is broken and redeem it, that God can take what is hurt and restore. Amen. Future people. So the enemy makes plans to get those people that believe that God has more for us than what's happened to us. Amen. What makes us different is that we get to dream with God and believe with God and advance these things with God. That's what helps make us different. Amen? Uh, Pastor Tommy always says crazy things. You guys know him. But he's always speaking of advancement. He's a faith guy. He's a crazy guy. He just believes that God is working on our behalf. And so he says crazy things to us. Like, if you build it, God will bless it. And we don't believe that. We don't believe that if we take the steps to build something and put something and create something and go with God, and for, that God will bless it. We're over here like, I got to see God bless it first before I can step. Amen. But the scripture speaks about all kinds of things, about taking dominion over your land and says things that like wherever your foot treads, I've given it to you. Well, why do we believe that God is so restrictive and so holding back? No, we got a God that's like, let's dream and advance and be together. I've created you different because I want to do some things with you. Amen. 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 <laughs> Three people are going to live like that after today. Amen. Three people getting it. So here's an interesting thing that happens. He gets sold by the Ishmaelites. He comes into Egypt and all these things happen in his life. But what happens when he shows up in Egypt is the other people in his life also start having dreams. So when the dreamer shows up with dreaming on his life and remembering his dreams, it causes other people then to start dreaming. I believe in my prayers that we be a people of God, that we dream with God and we plan with God and we go after God in such a way that when people come into our presence, they start dreaming with God. They start getting inspired for the things of God. But what happens is a lot of times in the kingdom of God and in, in, in church is people come in and they get around a dreamer and they stop remembering their own dreams, and they just want to start coattailing everybody else's dreams. 
I'm thankful that when other people around Joseph started dreaming, he remembered his dream. He didn't just start coattailing their dreams. We build these big churches and all these people come see pastors and other ministers and they start seeing them walk out their dreams and they stop dreaming with God for themselves and they just start coattailing everybody else's dream. And then they're frustrated and then they get angry because they're not spending their own energies with God, dreaming with God, going after God. Amen. We got to be people who dream with God. The world needs us to be people who dream with, with God. So here's the story. He's the government of Egypt. He's the governor of Egypt. And he, the scripture says that he's, he's in charge of all the corn. Uh, his family uh, back in their land is in a starvation. Some say up to a year uh, they were in a drought and potentially in starvation. So they were going to go ask for a request of food. And so they show up and Joseph says, hey, you know, because in his mind he knows that there's another brother. And so he says, hey, um, he does this whole thing where, like we just read, he speaks roughly to them, but he basically says to them, uh, I think that you're spies and does this whole thing. But he's testing them about the dream and about his dad. And he says, listen, he says, go back. I know you have another brother. He's like, if you have another brother and you bring him back, I'll know that you're not spies. And so he remembers the dream and he tells him to go back instead of remembering all the memory. He looks to the future with them, as you heard me say. He remembered his dream. God created you to dream, not remember. God created you to be a people who dream, not remember. Uh, I thought about it like this. Why do kids, the scripture says that the kingdom of God is such as this, meaning kids, or that we need to have a childlike faith. Well, what does that mean? I think one of the meanings is this. We have this ability to dream like kids dream. You talk to a little kid and you say, hey, what are you going to do? I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be the president. I'm going to be a thing. Why do they have such bold beliefs? Because they don't have memories of past failures. So God is saying like, hey, you got to be like that. You got to not live making decisions based off the past and past failures. You got to have childlike what? Faith. Faith is an advancing. It's a taking. It's a taking ground. Amen. That's why the scripture says, and we all know it, Jeremiah 29, 11, For though I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. That's a conversation about dreaming with God, about taking ground and advancing in what he has for us. You've all heard it said before that the front windshield of a car is a lot bigger than the rear view mirror. Why? It's because what's ahead of us is so much more important to see than what's happened behind us. We don't need to spend so much time looking about what's going on behind us as we do looking ahead to what's in front of us. But, you know, so many of us, we try to go forward in God. We try to go forward in our life, but we do it by looking in the rearview mirror. Could you imagine if you all left here and tried to drive forward, but only looking in your rearview mirror? We'd have some crashes, some accidents, some mishaps. That's what we do in our lives when we spend so much time living in our past. Amen. We got to look forward. It's more important that we look ahead. It's, I'll say it like this. You can write this down. What is behind you is not as important as what's ahead of you. What is in your past doesn't matter as much as what's in your future. But some of you really need to believe that, that what's in your past doesn't matter as much as about what's in your future. That's why Paul said, I forget the things that are behind me and I reach for the things that are ahead. Dreaming with God, believing for God with all that he has for us. Too many of us reach forward to what God has for us, but we have our hands full of the past. God's like, hey, I got this for you, and it's in your future, and I'm going to give this to you. And you try to go to him and receive it, and your hands are still full of what happened in your past. we got to let go of the things in our past and reach for what he has ahead of us. Amen? That's why the kingdom says, the scripture says, whosoever puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. 
Why? Because we're called to be a people who look ahead, plow ahead, trust God, dream with God ahead. I don't know. Last time I tried it, did this. And last time that, no, plow. Amen. I love that Joseph named his son Manasseh, which means to forget or the Lord made me forget the pain of my father's house. The Lord made me forget the pain of my father's house. What it's saying is the Lord made me forget the pain of that past situation. Meaning literally when I look at you, I'm going to look at you and I'm not going to remember the pain of the past. I'm going to remember that God has something for me going forward. I'll close with this. So Joseph tells him, hey, go home to your dad because he knows his dad is still in a situation. And he says, hey, go home to dad and I need you to send me that other son. Which at this time, the reason that Joseph's dad is holding back the other son is because he doesn't want the past to happen again. He doesn't want another son to go back out and be lost, the son whom he loves. And so they go to him and say, Dad, it's great news. We're going to get food. And uh, the guy there said, if we just come back, that uh, he's going to provide for us and he's going to know that we're not spies. And the scripture says that the dad goes back to a closet where they took this coat, his coat of many colors. When they brought it back to him, they had dipped it in blood so it looked like he was attacked by animals. He says he goes back to this place of the past, this memory of the past, and he clings to this coat, and he's literally considering staying in starvation instead of sending and trusting that what's ahead is better than what he's in. Literally, if you think about in his life, he's contemplating, I can't take advantage of my future because of my past. He's clung to this coat. He's believing. Many of us do the same thing. His future depended on him being able to get rid of the past. Many of us do the same thing. What God has for us ahead of us, what God has in front of us is so much better. You can see it. You've been called to it, but you're so concerned about it happening again that you stay stuck in starvation instead of receiving what you need to advance. We can't be like that. We have to dream with God, believe with God, trust that what he has in front of us is better. Amen. That's why Isaiah 43, 19 says this, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? That's two times the scripture mentions that you should be noticing this. It's two times like, hey, it's possible that you missed this. So it says, see that I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Like pay attention. I'm doing a new thing. Stop looking in the past because what I have in front of you is better. It says this, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Many of us are looking at the wasteland of our life or our past or whatever happened to us. And we're saying, surely nothing can come from this wasteland. And God is saying, hey, open your eyes. I can make streams in what you call waste. Amen. Amen. We just got to trust him and believe that we're made different. It's different. God's plan is different. And he has so much more for us ahead of us than what has happened behind us. Amen.